powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Alamo. We remember. Looking left, lobs in zone for Stoops. He caught it! Tonight, two years after the passing of the visor, Sooner Nation returns to the Riverwalk, seeking to end this bounce-back season with a bang. He's under pressure. He lobs it. So, touchdown! Tonight, as the dominant and historic Big 12 era of Sooner football comes to an end, the Jackson Arnold era begins. Can number 10 guide the Crimson and Cream to win number 11 and send the Sooners to the SEC with a wagon load of momentum? We're about to find out. Across the middle, it is intercepted. Stutzman's got it. 20 to the 10. House it. Looks in zone, throws in zone. Come on, Great dude. Scoop. Come on. Patrick. It's time for the 2023 Valero Alamo Bowl. It's the Oklahoma Sooners and the Arizona Wildcats. Here we go. Live from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. This Football. I feel the master. I feel we the master. There you go, T-Row set the scene, 820 to 9 on ESPN. It's OU and Arizona. And just like he said in the scene setter, it's true. The Jackson Arnold era begins tonight and it's an era that we're really excited about I think optimistic about but Travis we saw it in the second half in Provo he missed a couple of throws but then he made a very clutch third down play to essentially end the game against BYU Um, let's see what he's got with a few weeks to prepare here I expect a, a much better maybe a more consistent version of Jackson Arnold but this is our first taste of it tonight, man, and I think a lot of people are excited to see what number 10's got in his first start. Yeah, it's it's definitely a situation where, you know, when Dylan Gabriel hadn't made the decision or the announcement at least to enter into the transfer portal, uh, there was some discussion whether or not he turned pro, this, that, and the other. It, you know, it, would it have given us a better chance to win maybe having our, uh, you know, our QB1 throughout the season? Maybe, but... 
Does it add about ten times the intrigue to this game that Jackson Arnold is going to be the one under center? Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, people are excited to see him and sign me up. I'm trying to think of the last time, and I mean, OU's had some really good recent quarterback plays, so we probably don't have to go that far back. But that a a, a quarterback here was making its his first start. And it was like on the level of this anticipation. I think Kyler, like you knew what you had or you thought, I think he even exceeded expectations in 2018. Kyler's first start was highly anticipated. I think even Baker's in a lot of ways in 2015 after he won that starting quarterback job. But this is like at the end of the season. It's in a bowl game. It's a, it's a unique spot. This has got to be up there, man, in the past 20, 25 years of most anticipated uh, first starts made by a quarterback, man. And I, I think we've been kind of feeling it on the text line for, for a few weeks now. Yeah, and it's it's fun because on one side of the ball, right, you have pure excitement about the future in Jackson Arnold and, you know, some of these young offensive linemen that, uh, you know, we've heard really good things about, specifically, you know, Jacob Sexton, obviously Heath Ozida, I think Jake Taylor, I think they're going to get a little bit of run, uh, even if they won't start. But, you know, the Troy Everett, Josh Bates type situation in the middle, like you've got some excitement. You've got some, you know, is Anderson and Gibson, is that the next great duo, you know, at Oklahoma? Is it, you know, what does Petaway have to say in this bowl game? Does he have a lot of chemistry with Jackson Arnold? Are we going to see that? What does Drake Stoops go go out and do his last time? But then, Tyler, you, you jump to the other side of the ball, and it's two-time all-conference leader, you know, in Ethan Downs, all-American leader in Danny Stutzman, and all-American leader in uh, in Billy Bowman. And it just it's, uh, it, it's a recipe for fun, I'll say that much. Well, we'll be talking about it for the next three hours, uh, this Alamo Bowl coming up. And then uh, for an hour, sometime around midnight, not real sure, this is going to be a late post game tonight, which is fine. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll take calls as we always do, and we'll hit up the text line as well. We're only going to go an hour tonight in the post game show because the game's going to get over so late. But I'm going to guess, Travis, with an 8.20 start time, what do we think? We started about... 11.45, close to midnight, and take it up to 1 a.m. or so? Hey, I'm, I'm down for whatever, man. I, I, we only get a certain amount of these, Tyler, and this being the last football post game we're going to have, I don't care if it starts at 3 a.m., man. Well, maybe 3 a.m. is a little bit late, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care when <laughs> yeah. it starts. I'll be excited to talk about this game afterwards, and uh, you know, the next time we do it, it's going to be in April. Yeah, I mean, there's so many elements of Jackson Arnold's first start that I that I think will be interesting. How involved is he in the run game? What's the play calling look like for him, especially early on? But I think, too, does he really lock on to a certain receiver? Does he spread the ball around quite a bit? Does he have a favorite target if they're in some crucial third-down situations? I, I guess it felt like uh, Jalil Farouk was a big target for him in that BYU game, but you got to think, man, you got to think Drake Stoops is going to get a lot of targets in his final game. Now, I'm sure the game plan is going to dictate that for being an all-conference receiver, the incredible month of November he had. I mean, not only, Travis, was Drake Stoops one of OU's, if not OU's best player in November, I think he had one of the best Novembers of any player in the Big 12. 
So will Jackson Arnold lock on to certain targets? Maybe. But if he does, i got to think that Drake Stoops is is one of those guys. I think that's going to be in the game plan. And, dude, he was your best receiver down the stretch. I I, I don't care if the quarterback's different. I, I bet Drake gets a lot of opportunities once again tonight. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, you know, you say maybe best in the conference, things like that. I mean, you would have to – I'll take it a step farther. You, you would have to look nationally to see who put up games like he put up. I mean – in, in three of his final four games, double-digit receptions, 134, 164, 125. I mean, that, that's that's massive. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, you, it, it's, it's a balance, right? You want to see him go out with, you know, a big night. We saw Brennan Presley last night have a big game, set some records, break a Des Bryant school record, um, you know, break a Texas Bowl record for receptions. You know, you'd like to see that kind of, you know, workload at least for Drake Stoops, but it almost feels like spring ball all over again, right? Where it's, man, you get excited about young guys, but you want the ball, like you want the ball to go so many places, right? Everybody says, God, you got to get get Nick Anderson on the field. You got to get him more touches. Man, you got to get Gibson more touches downfield. Man, Tyler, you got to get Austin Stogner more touches in the tight end game. Man, you got to get Drake more. Like there's only a certain amount of touches that you can give. And and that's the that's the interesting part is trying to divvy those out mentally for what makes the best story. Why didn't you say they need to run more jet sweeps side to side? They they need to keep doing that. You, you didn't well, throw that in there. Well, I just feel like I, I was going to take some of the more rare ones. I mean, <laughs> everybody wants to see more jet sweeps. Yeah, uh, they have a sense of humor, uh, and and I hope that they do, but not this sick of a sense of humor. They'll uh, run a jet sweep on the first play tonight. <laughs> well, a, a jet sweep i would love to see a jet sweep like trick play almost type situation where it oh. looks like a jet sweep or even like again we saw it last night a play that bixby uh, has run in the past where you kind of fake the jet sweep slam on the brakes and then go back the way you came uh once you get the whole offense going or defense going the other way i think you play off that a little bit more but yeah a jet sweep to bring things out you would look and see the biggest smiles on both Latrell and Joe John's faces. <laughs> we already have threats on the text line for the oh, 5A1. No. If Gavin Freeman gets a jet sweep, I may hurl myself into my TV. Well, just make sure you film it and put it on social media like everyone else. Is oh. that Roger in L.A.? Already on the text line. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, it, it could be. Someone already did say, uh, just, wh- wh- where's it at? Someone texted in about Roger in L.A. already. Just just uh, let him call in, put him on, and that'll be the entirety of the hour postgame show. Just hey, answer the it. postgame call from Roger in California, and it's a wrap. <laughs> yes, seriously. I love it. I love his calls. Uh, well, we'll be getting one tonight uh, for sure. 405, it'll be very disappointing if they keep a leash on Jackson Arnold tonight. Turn him loose, bombs away. I don't think you have to worry about that. This I mean, is not a semifinal game where you feel like, all right, let's just. Let's feel them out here in the first 15 minutes, all right? No, no it's an Alamo Bowl, and you, want, and you want to win this game, but you're also looking at this as an opportunity to really put your quarterback in some situations to be aggressive. There's, I just, I can't see a scenario where we're talking in the postgame show at 1 a.m. saying, man, they really kept it light on the plate of Jackson Arnold tonight. They'll, they'll be aggressive with him. I, I, don't, I don't have, not only will they be aggressive with him, Travis, I think they could be aggressive in like the first two series of the game. Yeah, it, I, I think you'll get a little bit. And again, I know I've, I've brought up this game, but 
like when A&M got down to the, what, their fourth string quarterback or something like that, they were airing it out like crazy. They were just taking shot after shot against that Oklahoma State defense. I don't think we quite see that much, but when you saw him coming against TU, Tyler, they let him get after that deep oh, ball. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when they saw him, uh, when he came in with BYU, they let him take a shot. Like, this is not a guy that a they're going too. to, you know, make sure he plays it safe. Like they're gonna they're gonna let him take deep shots. They understand that is a that is a big weapon of his. Panda in Texas apparently uh, got a wild hair today. Left uh, DFW at two and is headed to the Alamo Dome. Then uh, headed back after the game. So uh, they're requesting a long post game show. How about that? That's wow. two o'clock. Wow. I guess I'll go to the game. I'll just go there and back in one day. Boomer. Hey, best of luck, I, I, best of luck, Panda. I, safe travels. Yeah, safe travels. Four oh five. Georgia Sooner says, "Is there a jet sweep? The first, if there's a jet sweep, the first play. I hope it's Brennan Thompson." And we've talked a lot about Brennan Thompson over really the course of the season. Hey, could this be a game? I mean, it's kind of a fast track here. Brennan Thompson could have an opportunity. There's an injury at two at wide receiver. You get Brennan Thompson on the outside, he's healthy now, he's a burner. Just let him run a go route and see what happens. Well, he did catch a touchdown pass the last time OU played a game against TCU. It feels like the uh, conditions will be favorable for some Brennan Thompson tonight. And and seeing as uh, the deep ball that Jackson Arnold had against BYU, yeah, uh, maybe not on a jet sweep, but uh, throw it deep to Brennan Thompson at least one time and see if Jackson Arnold can overthrow him or not. Yeah, I, I I think yeah I think uh, I think a who can uh, who can win the competition of hey Jackson you think you can overthrow me give me your best shot and just let him throw it as far as he can because I don't see a world where Brendan Thompson can't catch up to a deep ball so yeah all about it I mean you've got you're gonna see glimpses of things that you know that that flash like a five star man that flash like the National Gatorade Player of the Year he's going to show you those flashes now. Is it going to be consistent for four quarters? That remains to be seen, obviously. The consistency is what needs to come along with Jackson Arnold. Not saying that he isn't, but that's what needs to be proven because his talent has already been proven. But um, we've got a uh, we got a text line or we got a uh, text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Jeff from OKC. Was I right in hearing that this will be the eighth quarterback that Drake has played with at OU? Had he caught a touchdown from each, I believe it's he's. I think he's played with more, but he's caught touchdowns from all eight because it's uh, Austin Kendall, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Tanner Mordecai, Spencer Rattler, Caleb, Davis Bevel, Dylan Gabriel, and then this would be Jackson Arnold would be his ninth. And that Tyler, that has to be a record, right? I I don't like even maybe know. Maybe even nationally. Maybe I don't nationally. E- I don't even know who to to think about in program history that could even compare to that man. I mean, especially now in the portal era when you just have so many quarterbacks in and out, like uh, like that, that whole thing. Um, I you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it is a record until proven otherwise. How about that? It's it's just got to be nine nine different quarterbacks. It's it's God. insane, man. It's insane. Cherokee Sooner says the first play of the game, JFA is going to hit him over the middle. Drake with a stiff arm and outruns the Arizona secondary for a 69-yard touchdown. <laughs> By God, if that happens, that would be one of the loudest stoops that I think we've heard in his career. The, the, the stoops will be extra loud tonight since it's his last game. 
I don't so, think there will be 60,000 OU fans there tonight, but the fans that are there, uh, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll make it known on the broadcast when he catches a pass. Based on some of the uh, text messages, Twitter DMs, and mentions I've seen so far, there may not be 60,000 OU fans, Tyler, but the, uh, the number of them that are there will be uh, heavily lubricated. Yeah. Uh, they'll be I, ready to go. Yeah, a lot of margaritas consumed before the 820 kickoff, huh? Yeah, I, it's like we don't know how to conduct ourselves if it's not 11 a.m. kick, you know? It, it's a game day, and normally it's 11 a.m., so you feel like you have to funnel beers right up until kickoff. Uh-uh, no, not today. You got until 820 uh, to get inside the Alamo, Alamo Dome tonight. This fan base going to be SEC ready with how lubricated it is. <laughs> absolutely. I feel absolutely. bad for Arizona fans tonight. Yeah, absolutely it will be. Uh, excited, I mean... I've already seen a lot of pictures from the Riverwalk, uh, a lot of people getting down there, uh, even a couple days ago, uh, having some fun. San Antonio's a good time. Hopefully, we never go back, because hopefully we're in better bowls from here on out. But yeah. th- those of you that went down, I'm glad you're having a good time. Hawaiian Sooner says, who has the stronger arm, Uncle Rico or Jackson Arnold? Well, I'm convinced that Jackson Arnold, if he was just facing the other way, could have thrown a football over the mountains there in uh, Provo. I mean, the mountains were so you- close. Have you ever seen Jackson Arnold and Uncle Rico in the same room? I have it. Same mustache. Just saying. They at least have that going. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more Alamo Bowl coming up next right here on The Ref. Ref Sports Radio Network. You are family at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno, and family saves this December. The new 2024 GMC Sierra SLT Crew Cab 4x4 5.3 take up to $8,500 off the MSRP and get an additional $2,500 rebate from GM when you trade a qualifying vehicle. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC I-40 and Highway 81 exit 125 in El Reno or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. Drive to the best, just 15 minutes west. GMC, we are professional grade. See the show, 405 405- 651-3439, of course, your text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Next segment, we're going to talk to Justin Spears of ESPN Tucson. He's going to give us the uh, the lowdown on the Arizona side of things and how they're feeling about tonight's matchup. But the spread has dropped today, Travis. Uh, Arizona was a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite, really, since this game was uh, announced. Now down to Arizona minus one-and-a-half. So we'll, we'll see if it continues to creep down the closer that we get to game time, but some uh, late money coming in today on uh, on uh, OU to cover the spread. Uh, our buddy Doug Miles on the text line says, in addition to Stoops catching a pass from his ninth different Oklahoma quarterback, the other priority for tonight, a win gives Oklahoma its NCAA best 28th season of 11-plus wins, breaking the tie with Alabama. And as Parker and I were talking about, that's that's something that you can uh, – that's not the major pitch to sell on the recruiting trail, but it's just something else to sell on the, on the recruiting trail. Right. I mean, it, when it comes to recruiting pitches, you know, a lot of – you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's, you know, it's all money, and, and it's become, I guess, a higher percentage than it has in the past, of course, with NIL. But every little thing that you can put on one of those flyers, Tyler, that you can put on one of those mailers – that you have that is best in the and best in NCAA history. That's you know best in the Big Twelve or best in the new SEC or you know best in the region or whatever. Like that kind of stuff matters. So for you to just be able to say that 
it preaches consistency. Like, I mean, look no further than Danny Okoye's interview with us, Tyler. He did the research. He understood, look, this is a program that's been winning for a long time. It's won forever. And and that resonated with him. These coaches have won other places. They're going to win here. Like, those kind of things, you never know what singular thing is going to tip the scales in a recruitment when these recruitments are so close these days anyways. Yeah. Uh, fair point. Patrick says this will be the last time we're in the Alamo Bowl for a very long time since we're going to a different conference and most of their bowl games are in New Orleans or the state of Florida. Yeah, a lot of SEC bowl games. State of Florida, uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, which we saw yesterday, right? Uh, well, I guess now, is that a Big 12 ACC bowl game? I, I guess that one was yesterday. But yeah, a, a lot of bowl games in the state of Florida here moving forward. But the expectation will still be to be in the playoff, the 12-team playoff here moving forward. So it's a new era with Jackson Arnold, but it's also about to be the new era with the SEC. Last game with the Big 12 patch uh, on your uniform there. A lot of new eras are, uh, are about to take place. And I feel like if Dylan Gabriel was playing in this game, we'd be talking a whole lot more about Drake Stoops and Maybe the main storyline would be just that. It's Drake Stoops' final game in an OU uniform. But that may be in the top three somewhere, but it it really is the biggest storyline for this game, probably on either side. Arizona's got a really good young quarterback. We'll see what OU's can do, but this could be a a matchup of quarterbacks that we look at even next year, Travis, and say, dang, there was a lot of star power at QB that night on the field. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's kind of interesting because you can't really avoid the storyline, right? It's it was it was a storyline throughout the season, and he wasn't even playing. It was, oh, you know, do we do we play well enough today, Tyler, to get to see Jackson Arnold? Does the defense get enough stops to see Jackson Arnold? Like it's it, it's it's what the it's what it's been all year. It's what it was in the spring game. Finally, exciting for uh, for it to finally start, and I'm wondering. You know, in a, in a defense, I mean, Brent Venables is a defensive coach. So let's not get it twisted. I mean, what are the storylines on that side of the ball? Can they stop the run a lot better than they did the final two games? Because they weren't great against the run in the last two games of the year. That's that's what it would be for me. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you see it any differently than that? I mean, BYU had chunk plays against them in the run game. It was like, what is going on? And then TCU had hit on some big plays in the run game as well, and Maybe the backers were beat up at that point in the year. It, it sounds like they're a lot healthier now. They should be. But the defense, the final two games, just did not look like the defense we saw for the first, what, nine, ten games of the year. I, uh, I think it could mean a lot if you go into the offseason having a much better performance with your front seven than you did the final two games. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm wondering how much of that is Danny Stutzman's health. Uh, I, I, he played pretty banged up there. I mean, pretty much ever since the Texas game, right? I mean, so Texas game was a good game. He was meeting, you know, he was meeting ball carriers, you know, in the hole at the line of scrimmage, driving them back, you know, throughout the rest of the season, especially those last two weeks, it felt like, uh, you know, not really getting that push that he'd once had. And that happens to a whole defense. There's no doubt. So I'm really excited, Tyler. I think you bring up a good point to see how health, actually affects 
how good our front seven is. Hawaiian Sooner, if OU wins, they should rip off the little 12 patch as payback for the bad calls and rule clarification this past year. <laughs> yes, I am on board with that, Hawaiian Sooner. Everyone rips off the Big 12 patch. They don't even have to put on the SEC patch after Travis. Just rip off the Big 12 patch. Throw it to a giant bonfire at the 50-yard line. Or have the SEC patch under it. Well, that's fine, too. Whatever. Just rip off the Big 12 patch. Like a smaller one under it to where you can reveal the SEC Mm -hmm. patch. You know, I kind of like that. And I I do. I hope they make a bit of a spectacle out of it. I'm sure they will. But the – like, I can't wait to see the, the media team put something together for the SEC logo to first be painted on be uh, on the field. Because it's going to be it's gonna be a big day for Jason Fares. I hope, uh, you know, I hope, uh, I hope they let him do the honors. By the way, the Bad Boy Mowers pinstripe bowl is on right now. Uh, Miami leads Rutgers 17-14 uh, midway through the third. You only care about that if, one, you gambled on the game, or two, you're in the uh, – you're you're in uh, you're at the top there in our uh, bowl pick'em challenge, but it feels like every bowl game I've watched the past two days is in a baseball stadium. They're playing this one in Yankee Stadium. They played uh, the one earlier in Fenway Park where SMU got beat. Uh, USC beat Louisville last night at Petco Park in San Diego. I guess bowl games are just played in baseball stadiums now. They they used to play at uh, is it Chase Field now in in Phoenix. They normally play a bowl game there. I feel like about a quarter of the Major League Baseball stadiums get to host a bowl game now. Well, and I, with, with that one specifically, I mean, that's the, that's the only one every year where the teams are on the same side, like the same sideline, right? I, I think so, yeah. Um, I know when they play a regular season game at Wrigley Field, normally a couple of Big Ten schools do it, and it's like a 10-7 game. I think that's exactly what happened this year with an Iowa game, but they're on the same sideline as well. I mean, it's, it's very what, odd. What do you think would be the most problematic team for Oklahoma to be on the same sideline as this year? Uh, probably, well, if the fans were on the same with on the same side as Missouri, that would be problematic. But I'll, I'll, I'll say Mizzou since they're catching uh, all the hate right now. Only if you were there. Well, yeah, I, I would I would lead that charge. Don't you worry about that. That would absolutely <laughs> be the case. Yeah, KU played at Chase Field. That's what I thought. So. All these baseball stadiums everywhere getting the uh, getting the bowl games. Well, well, that's the only. I mean, if you look at where uh, TV ratings are, those are probably uh, probably helping those uh, baseball stadiums actually getting some eyeballs on them. Hmm. Anti MLB shot there. How about? Hey, that? I'm a college baseball guy. How I'm a college baseball that? guy. I'm not a pro baseball guy. I'm a college baseball guy, and I'll tell you what, Skip Johnson's got himself a squad this year. Yeah. All right, let's hear from the Arizona side of things. Justin uh, Spears of ESPN Tucson joins us next. Keep it locked in the ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Bob Moore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. They notice the appearance of spots or floaters or blurred and distorted vision. Visit seeforalifetime.org. Game day on the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, 405-651-3439 is the text line. We'll catch up with Justin Spears of ESPN Tucson here in just one moment. But I have been laughing all day long. Um, 
For those of you that watched the Oklahoma State A&M game, especially early on last night, you will probably get the reference. But most of our listeners uh, have been wanting to know today if Mike Gundy was hanging out with Gunny before the game tonight, seeing as how uh, bloodshot his eyes were. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I've heard that joke for about five, five hours now, and it, it is indeed still funny. I, I've enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, it's it's great. That screenshot just started getting shared around Twitter last night, and God, I, it, I couldn't stop laughing at it. And like some of those things, once everybody gets a hold of it, it get a little okay, whatever. Just give me like I could not stop laughing at it, and uh, and yeah, I think Gunny had something to do with it. Cherokee Sooner says, Jason Fairs, if you're listening, don't paint the SEC logo on the field. Burn those two patches of grass and permanently remove the Big 12 logo. Regrow the grass, and then you paint the SEC logo. <laughs> well, Jason's often listening, so Yeah, Jason, like no it. problem. That, I'm sure that's no issue for I, I bet you can get that done easily, easy off-season project, no problem. Trying to burn all the Big 12 off, though. Yeah, he's got nothing to do. Yeah, be he, he doesn't have he doesn't have all kinds of fields, uh, uh, including a uh, a new one being built for our three time defending national champion. I'm, he got nothing to do. Uh, Sooner Jet says Meth Aggies suck. Two beers in, wings on the smoker, and ready to get this Zonia beatdown started. Booma. So we were joking earlier about the fans that are in San Antonio. You know, getting. Uh, yeah, pre-gaming for that 820 start. Looks like some are just at home already pre-gaming for the 820 start. Hey, you know what? It's bowl- Jets. It's, it's bowl days. And that's the thing. It's kind of weird because, you know, I know some people, you know, had to go back to work. Some people didn't. And this week between Christmas and New Year's, it's, it's, cr- it's crazy out there, man. I mean, people don't know what they're supposed to do. I, you don't know what day it is. I'm here on a Thursday Playing a football game on a Thursday. Very confusing time. So, when in doubt, Tyler, fire up the smoker and crack some beers. Really feel like a Big 12 school today for the final time playing on a Thursday, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, hey, that's going to be their new reality moving forward. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Did anyone them. else uh, wake up in a panic knowing it was game day and like, oh, my God, I'm, 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 I'm late. Uh, it's only a couple of hours till the 11 a.m. kickoff. Oh, it's at 820? Okay, okay, that's a nice, that's a nice change up. Well, I, it's interesting with us doing, because somebody was like, oh, why aren't you doing uh, pregame? And I was like, Tyler McComas does not want to do 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. and then, like, midnight to 1 a.m., I he promise really you. really doesn't. <laughs> he would rather do, like, a three-hour postgame show than eight hours or six hours of pregame show. Like, we can do all the postgame show that you want. That's that's easy. That's live, authentic reaction. we got a lot to talk about with the quarterback, but, yeah. We'll, we'll go in now. Some are saying we're not SEC ready because we're only doing an hour postgame show tonight. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I will, hey, I will uh, take that criticism. Hey, n- what do you say? Can we, can we go ahead and say after next year's bowl game, as an SEC team, as an SEC duo on the postgame show, we'll do two hours. Yeah. Well, you'll have a first. You'll have a bye in the first round in the college football playoff, right? Yeah, we you might have play to do in the a second round, huh? Might have to do a live watch show where uh, we do that and watch uh, where, however the bracket lays out. That would that would be actually pretty awesome. We, that we would might, be so much fun. Might need to do that. Uh, KW the nine one eight says, "Can I be the first to complain about Seth Latrell's play calling?" So I can fit in with half the fan base, or do I need to wait until he actually calls a play tonight? 
I feel like, um, and th- these are this is something that's going to turn out to be rather dumb tonight if it doesn't go right. But everyone loved the quote that he gave so much two days ago that maybe people will wait until about the third or fourth bad play call to actually start complaining about him and say that he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably already a fire Seth Luttrell on Twitter. So Somewhere. Um, somewhere. So, hey, I, I would say go ahead and, and get that going and also start chanting uh, Michael Hawkins Jr.'s name. Uh, you know, to come replace him. Hell, so. is he an early enrollee? <laughs> we get that text tonight or that phone call. Sure. Wish he could play in this game. Yeah. Uh, can, can he compete for the starting job next year? No, it'll be uh, it'll be Jackson Arnold's job uh, next year, first year in the SEC. Does a does, does the outcome tonight? And this is to you in the text line, but does the outcome tonight is that going to affect your view of this season one way or the other? Or are you pretty much already cemented into how you're going to feel about this season once we finally get away from it? I'm pretty, I'm pretty cemented in, Tyler. It's, it's one of those where I think you get to double-digit wins. You know, in most of our predictions, you know, we're like, are we ten and two? Are we nine and three? Are we eleven and one? Nobody included a bowl game necessarily in their final prediction for a reason. You know, bowl games are always tough. You know, you can you can have a little bit of confidence and momentum being built in, but I don't think if we go out there and lose, I'm going to go, golly, what a failure of a year, man. That one stunk. It's like, no, I mean, we 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 got Jackson Arnold, some run in a meaningful game, and we're trying to build on it. I'm going to guess like the overall thought from from most fans is, okay, yeah, it was it, it was an improvement, obviously, ten or eleven wins versus a six and seven year. You, you can't complain too much about that. But I, I bet there's going to be a lot of, and we'll probably hear this in the offseason, I think it's fair of, dang, man, we probably wasted an opportunity in the second half of the season. You got that big win against Texas. You were 6-0. and The ESPN FPI says, not that that's always accurate, but it did say, <laughs> Here is your, here's who has the best chance to make the playoff, and that was OU for two or three weeks after that Texas win. You just felt like you had this great path to the playoff, and not only did you not get there, you didn't make the Big 12 championship game. So there, there were some great moments this year, the Texas win being the best one by far and away, but at least for me, it's hard not to look back at this year and say, man, they really missed out on a on an opportunity in the second half of the year. Yeah, I think we're going to say that regardless, you know. Um, even watching it last night, right, as Alan Bowman, you know, started to throw picks and – you know, Ollie, Ollie Gordon wasn't having the dominant performance that he had in some of the Big 12 games. Like, you know, it's you, you saw a, a true freshman in his first start start to connect on some throws against Oklahoma State. Like, you look at that game and you're like, golly. Or you watch the Big 12 title game and you said, golly, just what could have been. But that's that's a tough life to live, man, just always thinking about the what-ifs. Dan in Madison, Mississippi says, we have to look at bowl games differently than in the past, unless they're in the playoff. With opt-outs and portal, the 2023 team is effectively over. This is the start of the 2014. Get these young guys experience, win, lose, or draw, going to spring with the clear understanding of where we are heading next fall. I, I think that's a very fair take, and that's the case for a lot of teams out there. I, I think it was said in the, was it the OSU A&M game last year? is that for a team like A&M and for a lot of other bowl teams out there, essentially last night was a one-game season 
because the team they had last night is not the same team that they had throughout the 2023 season, and it's not the same team that they're going to have in the 24 season. So a lot of these teams, it's like, all right, you got this specific team that doesn't look like this year's. It won't look like next year's. It's a one-game season with this team. What are the positives that you can get from it? So I, I think that's a fair point there by Dan. Yeah, I think it really is. I think it really is. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting, and, and this will be a conversation maybe maybe for next year, right? I, I think we all remember speaking of, you know, this current era of bowl games and what you can take from them, what you can't take from them due to opt-outs. I remember when Jackson Smith and Jigba – uh, opted out of a Rose Bowl, and all of the Rose Bowl, uh, you know, people, if you will, started clutching their pearls, saying, "How could you do this? How c- opt-outs were fine, but now that somebody's opted out of the Rose Bowl, now it really matters." How long do you think it takes for somebody to opt out of a playoff game? I Tyler? just read an article today that it's uh, they, they may play a sixteen, seventeen game season. At what point do? parents or agents whoever tell these athletes is it really worth it is it really worth it to try and play for a national championship I was like man I, I hope that's not the case but at the rate we're going I guess anything's possible it's well, funny I, you mentioned need, that because I read that two hours ago they need they need to uh they need to change the transfer portal window because look at look at this I mean Malik Murphy is playing for a national championship but because he wanted to find a home in the transfer portal he had to leave while his team is getting ready for a playoff game. If Quinn Ewers goes out, that was Malik Murphy's opportunity. So you're starting to see it, and I think you'll see it with some kind of key backups, we'll call them. But, yeah, it's it, it's only a matter of time until, you know, it, I, I think it'll happen as early as next year. Yeah, it may, it may man. It, it may. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more Alamo Bowl coming up next right here on The Ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Are you frustrated with rising insurance costs or confused about your insurance coverage? At Rightway Insurance, each one of their clients is given a dedicated team of experts that work with you to address all of your insurance concerns. They are an independent insurance company that offers bringing you this hour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, Give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group at CavensGroup.com. All right, let's talk a little Arizona here with uh, Justin Spears of ESPN Tucson. He's also with the Tucson Daily Star. He's down there in San Antonio covering this game. And, Justin, one, I appreciate you doing this. Two, we're very big on what's the give-a-rip meter for a team heading into a bowl game. I think a lot of times that can heavily determine the outcome of a bowl game. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but we feel like Arizona's give-a-rib meter in this game is probably about as high as you could possibly ask for. Is that that, that accurate? Yeah, did you say give-a-rip? Give-a-rip meter, like they give a rip to be there. I love that. (laughs) I like give-a-rip better than uh, give a sugar honey iced tea meter. I love that. Uh, but I, I think that um, Arizona, they really, they really want to win this game. Uh, they are, they're all in. And Arizona, they weren't in a bowl game for the last several years. They have been a rebuilding program. The last time Arizona was in a bowl game was in 2017. So the fact that this is the first bowl game in a while, this is also the first bowl game for – you know, the current regime with Jet Fish. And it's the first bowl game for a lot of these players, too. Like Michael Wiley, Arizona's starting running back, 
you know, he's playing his last ever collegiate game in his home state. And it's really cool that, you know, he's getting to play in a bowl game because he joined Arizona in 2019 when Kevin Sumlin was the head coach. And he had every opportunity to leave, whether it was the transfer portal, whether it was declaring for the NFL draft last year. I mean, he went through so much writ at Arizona that um, I think that um, it's really cool to see him have this moment. So for a lot of these players, it's new. It's an exciting time for them. And uh, it's not just a, a way to cap the season because this season has been magical for Arizona. You know, I know folks in Oklahoma, they hear 9-3, and three and they're like, okay, whatever. That's a typical season for the Sooners. That is uh, what may, some would consider maybe a down year for Oklahoma football, uh, considering, you know, Oklahoma is such a blue blood program and has won national championships and all that. But Arizona, they, they have only won 10 games in a season just three times prior to this year. They have an opportunity to become that fourth team this year. So they understand that there is, um, there's a lot at stake with this game. And also, too, I think that with Arizona being the 14th best team in the country, and then they're going to return most of their players for next year. When you look up and down this roster, there's a lot of young players, a lot of second-year players that are going to come back and play their third year, possibly even get drafted next year. Uh, and then with the new conference and all that, um, I think that this would be such a great way to show off the program on national TV before you enter a new chapter of, of, of your conference, which is the Big 12. So um, there, there's a lot at stake here, guys. And I think that Arizona – you're going to see them really be fired up and really have a lot of energy tonight. Now, I want to ask you about Jed Fish. Obviously, Jed Fish arrives 2021, goes 1-11, immediately, you know, wins four more games in 2022, going 5-7, and then obviously his finest year of the turnaround, 9-3. and Now, uh, throughout, you know, coaching carousel, you know, his name is a hot one that comes up. I know people were – you know, putting him with the Michigan State job. And then, you know, there were some other openings. A&M, people were saying, hey, look, A&M, Jed Fish is doing a fantastic job at Arizona. How was that kind of those those few weeks where coaching vacancies started to open up and Jed Fish was such a hot name? How was that just around the program, knowing that you guys were on such an upward trajectory on this winning streak? Obviously, Jed was doing a fantastic job, but there were – there are, pro, you know, athletic departments that could afford to make him uh, a, a very highly paid man um, and, and maybe get him to the SEC or something like that. What was that like around the program in that time? Yeah, it was uh, a little interesting because, you know, there were reports out there that Michigan State was interested in Jed, and my colleague Michael Lev actually reached out to um, Jed and Jed said, "Nope, that's false. I've never interviewed with Michigan State. I'm not going to. That's completely false." And I think that Jed, he is smart enough to understand that it has to be just the ultimate dream job for him to leave Arizona, it, whether it's in the NFL or coaching somewhere else in college football. Like it has to be the best position for him uh, if he wants to entertain the idea of leaving because. You know, this is the first time that Jed has been a head coach anywhere. You know, he's got such a big resume of coaching football at the collegiate and NFL level. I mean, he spent 14 years in the NFL. 
he's coached college football at the highest level. Um, he's bounced around from job to job to job, but he's never been a head coach. This is the first time that he's been a head coach. And Jed is the type of guy where he really wants to see things all the way through. This 2022 recruiting class was his first ever or first official class at Arizona. I, I think if in order for him to look elsewhere, I think he wants to see that class play all the way through and go through a whole cycle with these guys and get the program in a really good position and then maybe entertain the idea of leaving. But I think um, it, in order for him to leave, it's got to be either the best college job possible or it's got to be an NFL job. Right now, the biggest threat to Arizona is the NFL. There are no college jobs that are open that Jed wants to, to move. Now, next year, maybe you look at his alma mater at the University of Florida. You know, if they punt on Billy Napier, maybe they kick the tires on Jed Fish. Maybe they give him a, a, a blank check and a call and say, hey, you come be the head coach at Florida. You know, you're, you're a spurrier guy. You're a, a guy who is a, a head ball disciple. You know what it takes to win in Gainesville. Come on, come over to Florida. Um, I think that would be a job that Jed um, considers. But outside of that, man, I think really the NFL is probably the biggest threat to Arizona right now. Uh, but for the time being, I, I, I think it's safe to say that Arizona's got Jed for at least another year. But you know, I've, I've spoken with many people close to Jed, and I know the kind of man that Jed is. Jed wants to stay in Arizona. Like, he does not want to leave Arizona at all. I think he really wants to kind of turn Arizona into the West Coast version of Florida. Or heck, even maybe the, the West Coast version of Clemson. You know, when, you know, Clemson, you know, I, I, you know prior to this year, you know, when they were contending for national championships, you know, Clemson did, didn't have the greatest history of being a college football powerhouse. And then it became that way. Jed wants to do something like that in Tucson. You know, unfortunately, in the, the era of NIL and transfer portal and all that, there are hurdles. There are things that you have to face on a yearly basis. But if you can develop the reputation that, hey, you come to Arizona, we turn you into NFL players. I've coached in the NFL. We turn this, we turn this whole facility, this whole atmosphere into an NFL-like environment. Isn't that where you want to go? Yeah. So come here, be a part of this training ground, and then we'll get you to that next level. And rather than playing for a, a program that's got such a great NIL collective, come out to Arizona, and then you can turn it into a 10-year NFL career. Hey, Justin, man, we appreciate your time. He's uh, Justin Spears of ESPN Tucson. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, man. Hey, thank you, guys. Sorry you I, uh, I talked too long. There you go. Uh, we'll hit the top of the hour here. Hour number two, The Rush, coming up next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships to see the Fowler standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. This is what drives us every day. Fowler Automotive, a proud partner of OU Athletics. 
Don't be one of the powerless when extreme conditions strike. Lightning, high winds, excessive heat, or other severe conditions can leave you in the dark or worse. See the light. Contact Oklahoma Generator, the company that gives Oklahomans the power to protect their family, homes, health, business, and life. Oklahoma Generator is a certified Premier Generac dealer, providing professional installation, service, and repair to keep you safe and secure. Be ready for anything. Oklahoma Generator. OKGen.com. Power to the people. Experience peace of mind with Kennedy Roofing, where you're not just in good hands, you have a dedicated professional team backing you up. I'm Tyler McComas, representing Kennedy Roofing, your trusted family-owned and operating roofing experts located right here in Norman. They are licensed and bonded within the state, ensuring top-notch service for projects big or small. With over 50 years of industry expertise, Kennedy Roofing is your go-to solution for